For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And when we think about what that means for us today and tomorrow and forever, honestly, it's not just a happy holiday. It is a what? What would you answer? It is a Merry Christmas. Merry, which means joy-filled. It means life-changed. It means blessed. And uh, I hope that's what you're experiencing today and every day. It is a life that is like nothing else. And uh, we're going to celebrate that today in worship, and glad you're with us. Glad you're celebrating and rejoicing in the birth of the Christ child. I uh, want to welcome everyone, especially our guests. We're glad you're with us. Um, Christmas and Christmas uh, celebration is a time that we can get together and rejoice. I uh, want to highlight a couple quick things for you as we move forward in this worship service. We will be having a kid's message in, in a little bit. We're going to have a couple readings and a couple songs, but you'll be ready to send your kids up on over here, and Greg will meet and greet everybody there. Uh, also, we're going to have communion at the service, and here at 1C, we believe it's uh, bread and wine and body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. So if that is something that you believe in, we'd love for you to come and celebrate with us. There are some cards in the back of the chairs in front of you that might explain a little bit more about that if you have questions. Um, also want to highlight quickly the handout that you're going to receive on the way out. And there's a couple things. Number one, the Chosen Season 2. Starting January 1st, we're going to be having that as a sermon series and a small group. So if you're interested in that, take a look at this and come and be a part of that. And then also later in February, we're going to be gathering together for what we call a spiritual growth campaign, where we just want the Holy Spirit to kind of take over and infuse and excite us as a body of believers. So we're going to do five weeks and really get into this. So we'd love for you to come back and be a part of that. Um, that's all we have for announcements. And Randy's here to, to uh, share the readings. Good afternoon, church. get to read the, the glorious gospel message, the Christmas narrative found in Luke chapter 2. We'll begin with just the first seven verses. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end. This is the gospel of the Lord. They're putting decorations up in front of my old church. The shepherds and the wise men and the hay. They're just a fan of Mary looking down on heaven's birth And the angels saying, don't you be afraid It makes me stop and think about how you showed up down here In a humble bed made of nails and wood You could have picked a palace, something more fit for a king Then the story wouldn't be as good Star up in the sky that's calling all the least of these. Come make your way to where your hope is found. If I'm honest, some days I feel too far out of reach. But the manger reminds me love reached out. 
From the highest of the high to the lowest of the low That stable tells the story of the distance you will go For the lonely and the lost There's no sinner too far gone to find a savior Lying in the manger narrative continues in Luke 2. We pick it up in verse 8 through verse 14. The shepherds and the angels. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. This is the gospel of the Lord. Well, angels, we have heard on high, sweetly singing o'er the plains, and the mountains in reply, Shepherds, why this jubilee? Why your joyous strains hold on? What the gladsome tidings be, which inspire your heavenly song? The Lord of 
Again, chapter Luke 2, verses 15 through 20. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This is the gospel of the Lord. Boys and girls, it is time for the kids' message, so come on up front. Come on up here, find a seat on the floor. Yeah, come on up. All right, well, hopefully you got a pack of markers and with a wooden peg doll in it on your way in. If not, make sure you get one on the way out, all right? We'll talk about that in just a minute. So this Advent season, we have been looking at the characters of the Christmas story. And first, we started with Zachariah and his wife, Elizabeth. And they were a really old couple that didn't have any kids. And they became the unexpected parents of John the Baptist, who was the messenger who prepared the way for Jesus. And then we took a look at Mary. And Mary was a young teenage girl who wasn't married yet, but was engaged to Joseph, and she became Jesus' mom, and she was willing to just say, Jesus, or, or God, I, will, I am your servant. I will do whatever you ask. And so she was just willing to give up her life to serve God. And then we talked about Joseph. And Joseph was really just kind of an average Joe. He wasn't rich, wasn't famous. He was a, a carpenter, and he was Jesus' earthly dad. And Joseph was faithful to do whatever God asked. And because of that, God used him in mighty ways to keep Mary and baby Jesus safe. And then also to see prophecies fulfilled that was, were told about Jesus. And now today, we're going to get to dozens and dozens more characters of the Christmas story. So you might be thinking, I don't think there's that many characters in the Christmas story. Dozens and dozens. And how would we cover that many in just a short kid's message. Well, first, we have to look at the main story of, or the main character of the Christmas story. And who is that? Who is the main character of the Christmas story? Yeah. God? Yeah. Jesus, right? Jesus is the main character of the Christmas story. He is. It's his birthday that we celebrate, right? But why did Jesus come? Why did he come to be born as a baby? Yeah. Yeah, to save us from our sins. To save who? Us. You guys, right? Each and every one of you. Jesus came to save you. And through faith in Jesus, we are part of the Christmas story too. Each and every one of you are a part of the Christmas story because Jesus saved us from our sins, made us part of his family, and part of the Christmas story too. So to help us remember that, we got these markers and this peg doll, all right? So 
take the markers and decorate this peg dowel to look like you. All right? So I made one that looks like me. Right there. Does that look like me? Hair, hairline kind of looks like mine. He's got a, a little soul patch under his lip there. I was wearing a blue sweatshirt when I decorated this guy, so that's why he's dressed in blue. But decorate your peg dowel to look like you and then take it home with you. And if you have a nativity scene at home, put, put it right in there in the, in the nativity scene. Or if you don't have a nativity scene, put it on a shelf with your Christmas decorations or on your Christmas tree to remind you that you are part of the Christmas story too. And next year, when you take out your Christmas decorations, you'll see it. And you'll, you'll remember that through faith in Jesus, we are part of his family and we are part of the Christmas story too. And since we're part of the Christmas story, we get to share that with other people too and tell them the story of Christmas and the hope, love, joy, peace that we receive from Jesus. And then they can come to faith in Jesus and be part of the Christmas story too. That's something to celebrate, isn't it? The life of Jesus and the new life, eternal life that we have with him. Will you pray with me? We'll fold our hands, bow our heads, and you can repeat after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming to us to make us part of your family and part of the Christmas story. Help us to share it with others. We love you, Jesus. Amen. All right. Well, I can't wait to see what your peg dolls look like after you get them decorated to look like you. As the kids make their way back, <clears throat> this is a very special time. This is Holy Communion. This is the Lord's Supper. This is one of those precious gifts that God gives to his people. And as I mentioned before here at 1C, we believe that this is bread and wine, but also body and blood of Jesus for, for you and for me. And one of the things that I would like for us to do is kind of make a profession of what we believe. And years ago, I came across something that was called the Christmas Creed. It's a little bit different than what we normally do, but it really talks about what happened on that very first Christmas. And I think it's great for us to reflect on that and profess that faith. So if we can have that up there, let's share this out loud together. I believe in God the Father, who from the heavens God created, sent the Son to save God's fallen world. I believe in Jesus Christ, conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, announced by angels, worshipped by shepherds and wise men, who lived to suffer die and rise again to free me from the power of sin and death i believe in the holy spirit who has brought me to faith in the christ and by whose continual work in my heart i am ever led to lay before the cradle of the christ my worship my life and my love so that i might live with him and serve him both now and forever. Amen. And in there it talks about the fallen, sinful world, and that's important for us to understand. Christmas was created because of God's love for people like you and me. We are broken, sinful, and really in desperate need to be loved and be cared for. So he sent his son Jesus. And that same Jesus has given us a gift called Holy Communion. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and after he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. And as we continue with Holy Communion, uh, we're going to have three different stations. Two up here, one back there. And so you can go to whichever station is closest to you. And if you desire to either have gluten-free or grape juice, just let the servers know and they will serve you. And again, a reminder, this is a sacred moment. God comes to us 
meets us right where we're at, and he loves us in a way only he can love us. May we be blessed during this time. Amen. Still every breath you drew was hallelujah. 
pray. Lord Jesus, you continue to bless us even today. We thank you that in this very precious meal, you've given us yourself uh, for the forgiveness of sins, to strengthen our faith, and to remind us once again that you are always with us. And we pray that the joy of Christmas, the significance of your birth, would stir within us deeper today than ever before. Send your Holy Spirit into our hearts, into our minds, into our lives, and draw us close to you. And Jesus, we pray all of this in your name as we now pray together the prayer that you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I'd like to encourage you to take your candles out, if you would. And uh, before we do this, just an uh, just, uh, image, if you would. I remember growing up, I remember this moment. You know, I didn't go to church a lot, but I remember the time where we would be lighting the candles. And I don't think I really understood what it was all about. I just thought it was a nice, warm, fuzzy thing to do. I want you to picture this. As the, the candles are being lit, the light gets brighter in this room. And that's the desire that God wants from us, in us. That his light would shine in us and through us wherever we go. Into our workplaces, into our homes, into our classrooms, into our community, wherever we are, that this light of Jesus would shine brighter than ever before. And so we're going to sing a very, very special song, very, um, I think, very emotional song, this idea of a silent night, holy night. And we're going to start the, the light up here at the Christ candle, and it's going to go through this congregation, and we want it just to go through, not just here, but into this world. Uh, just a little reminder, only tip unlit candles. You will find that will serve you well, just to do that. Unlit candles, you can tip those. And then keep them lit at the end of the song. I'm going to share a couple things, and then we'll extinguish them, and then continue in the service. So let's begin with the lighting of the candle in Silent Night.
don't know if you've ever thought about this, but light and darkness cannot coexist. So the more light, the less dark. So may that truth ring within you loud and clear, that that light of Christ is in you, and you get to shine brightly into this world. And may God do that because he loves us and he loves this world. Amen. So if you would, you could extinguish the candles, maybe just wait a moment, hold on to it so the wax drops, uh, uh, dries a little. All right. As uh, Greg mentioned, we've been looking at the characters of Christmas. And some of them, again, the the ones we looked at, Zachariah and Elizabeth, Joseph, Mary, all of them had faith and trust in God in even difficult and uncertain times. And when we look back on them, I hope that's encouraging, just to look at, that, at them and what they've gone through and how God was with them through the ups and downs and twists and turns. And the main character, as Greg had mentioned, is uh, this person named Jesus. And I say he's the main character not just of Christmas, which he is, not just of the Bible, which he is, right? I always say, uh, whether it's Old Testament because it's pointing to Jesus who's going to come, or the Gospels, the Jesus who's here, or even the letters of the Jesus who was here. I mean, he's the main, he is the main character of all time. He is the focus of our attention today, but he is the main character. And I was thinking about that in light of the theme for today of the characters of Christmas. And I thought, you know, well, um, Zechariah and Elizabeth and Joseph and Mary, they, they showed faithfulness and they showed trust. I'd like to use this idea that the heart of Christmas is Jesus. And if you think physically, just for a moment, right, our heart, this muscle, does so much for the entire body. Right? It circulates the blood. It, it helps everything else stay healthy and alive. Jesus, when he is at the middle and at the center, he creates health and vitality and hope and joy and peace and all those really great things. Now, Christmas, put it down if you want to. Last service, I held on to it and I forgot about it for a while. All right. Um, Christmas is filled with so many things. And I love it. It's a fun time of the year, right? And one of the things that people do is they give gifts. Who knows of a song that was written, I think about 250 years ago, depending on who you talk with, that talks about gift giving over an extended period of time. What? 12 days of Christmas. Very good. And these 12 days of Christmas, if you have a lot of fun and time, just Google it. It'll give you all this information. I'm not going to get into a lot of that data, but I am going to walk through it, and I just I want you to have a little bit of fun with me. Uh, what's the first day of Christmas my true love gave to me what? Okay, very good. Let's, let's see if that pops up here. Yep, one partridge in a pear tree, not just a pear tree and not just a partridge, but put it together. Did you know what the value is of that? Maybe you don't even care what the value is of it, but I'm going to tell you, $280.18. So if you're sitting here thinking about what could I get my true love, the economic index for 2022 for this is actually 280 and 18 cents. So you could do that. Not sure my true love would like that or anything, so I won't do that. Uh, on the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me, okay, two turtle doves, and I even heard notes being sung. This is good. And the value of that is $600. Next one, three French horns. The value of that is $318.75. Then we get to four calling birds, and four calling birds, not just four birds, but four calling birds, $599.96. Price goes up a little bit more. We're getting up there. That's kind of cool. And then we get to the everybody together, five golden rings. All right, 1245 Now that might do something for your true love. If you get gold rings. So kind of hang on to that one. Uh, this one, I'm not sure. I wouldn't be happy if I got six geese a laying. 
unless I'm thinking of Christmas dinner. I'm just kidding. And the value for that is $720. I know. How about seven swans a swimming? $13,124.93. This one is a little controversial. I'll tell you, before the first service, came, someone came up to me, and they knew because they saw what the number was, and they said, why is it so low? Okay, we have eight maids of milking, and you can get that done for $58. Something wrong with that. But if you want nine ladies dancing, that'll cost you $8,308.12. Maybe the $58 one is not so bad, right? And then we get 10 lords of leaping, and that's $13,980. You could get 11 pipers piping for $3,021.40. And what's the last one? Who knows? All right, drummers. Very good. 12 drummers drumming. And the cost for that is $3,266.93. Harrison, there, there's a cost to what you do. This is good. We just need to find 12 drummers at one time that can go to my house and just do the drumming for my true love. And that would probably win her over, right? Maybe not. And it's amazing. When you wrap all of these things together, just so you know, remember on the 12th day of Christmas, you give all of these things again. So if you take the cumulative number and put it all together, this is the number, $197,071.99. And so what's amazing is you can do all of this and, and maybe somebody could still be unhappy. Right? I would love to have gifts worth $197,000. Not sure that's the, on my list of what I'd like, but there's other things. But we live in a world where that can become the focus. In fact, I'll just have the lighting people follow me, if you could. We're going to go over here. This is like the Thielen household in maybe 1973 or, sorry, this wasn't there in 1973. They didn't have these kind of things. Uh, Santa's having a hard time. But this could very well be my household growing up as a kid. And there would be so much stuff going on around Christmas. And it was beautiful. It was fun. It was exciting. You looked forward to it. I mean, we have some um, baking pans up here. My mom used to bake up a storm. And she'd bake I don't know how many different kinds of cookies. A lot of them I liked. Some of them I didn't like. And then she put them in gift boxes. How many of you have ever had that done before? Where you bake all these, you put them in a gift box, you put them away and hope nobody touches them until you get... And she'd bake all these things, and she'd make cannolis, because, you know, we're Sicilian. And, you know, that was just, like, really cool. Um, there'd be gift wrapping going on, um, lights. My dad was a light fiend. He would put lights on anything that does not move. Like, if I was outside and I was standing there, I'd find lights on me. It was just crazy. That was my dad. And we had a lot of fun. We'd have Christmas trees, not just a Christmas tree. And they would order a special tree. And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I just thought it was a little crazy. But it was always fun. A special tree, and they'd order it special. And they'd get in, and we'd pick it up, and we'd set it up, and we'd put the lights on it. We'd do all this kind of stuff. And then we'd take the gifts. And there would be so many gifts that they'd be stacked up and cover up maybe half of the tree. There were so many gifts. And it was, I'm going to move a little further away. That might not even work. But that's what Christmas was. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, it's really the only thing it was for us. Maybe we'd go to church on Christmas Eve. Maybe. If it fit into our schedule. And we never would go on Christmas Day. I know, it's kind of funny. Um, very distracting. You're probably not even listening to a word I'm saying. That happens often in my world. So I'm going to not move at all. How's that? There was something missing in the Thielen household during those years. And it was something that was the most important thing. And I'm going to make my way over to the other side of the stage to something that you probably haven't even noticed or seen. So, light person, follow me. Here we go. All the way over here. And it's little, it's 
maybe insignificant to you. And yet it's the most important thing about Christmas. Don't get me wrong. I have fun with those things. I really do. But this is the most important thing. The little manger scene that somebody had given me, I think a year or two ago, really neat. It's a cutout thing. And the smallest piece of this very small manger scene happens to be a Christ child. Very little. And according to the world's standards, this is insignificant, maybe not even meaningful. And that obviously gets more attention than anything else. But I want you to hear me today that I believe that this very little insignificant thing will do more for you than anything else. And I hope you've come to know it. I didn't know it for a long time. But now I've come to know it. And I want to share with you from 1 John chapter 4. I bumped into it this year. You know, I don't know if you have those moments where you, you've re read these verses before and it's like, oh, this is kind of cool and Luke 2 is kind of good. But 1 John 4 jumped off the page. These are things that God wants to give to you and me because of who he is. And it seems little, but it's gigantic. So now I'm going to go back to the middle. Have fun with me. I'm going to bring this with me so I don't lose it. And I want to walk with you through 1 John chapter 4. And again, John is writing. He's trying to paint a picture. He's trying to instruct people like you and me even today. And he says these words. My, sorry. My beloved friends, let us continue to love each other since love comes from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and experiences a relationship with God. The person who refuses to love doesn't know the first thing about God because, now would you read those next three words out loud together with me? Because what? God is love. So you can't know him if you don't love God. So I have here, here is an image. Some of you know I love the Chosen series, so you, if you see the characters there, this comes from the Christmas special. And the word love is there. This is one of the gifts that God wanted to give to you and to me. And I want you to first understand that God's love for us is not limited to a manger and a stable. It's seen there. It is. So don't, don't think I'm saying that's not important. But his love goes back to the very beginning of creation, but even before that. Before he even created the heavens and the earth, he was thinking about you and me specifically and on purpose. He knew that people like you and me would go through the ups and the downs and the twists and the turns. He knew that you and me would struggle with pain. I don't know about you, but sometimes during Christmas, pain seems intensified. So he decided to do what only he could do. And he was going to love this world in a way that the world couldn't do. And he was going to love the world by sending his son. I want you to know this is a gift. And I picture God always extending this gift of love and says, I hope you take this. This is for you, for every one of you. It will change your life for eternity. So that's the first gift I believe that God wants to give for us as we focus in. The second one, let's continue in 1 John 4. This is how God showed his love for us. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. This is the kind of love we are talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice. And once again, we have that image of the word grace overlaid. I mean, there's two, two words I, I often hear in, quote, church. There's grace and mercy. Now, mercy is not getting what we deserve, right? According to the Bible, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and the wages of sin is death. So really, what we deserve is death. And mercy is God saying, okay, I'm not going to do that. But grace is giving us what we don't deserve. And he just gives it. And that's where that phrase, and, and the sacrifice of his son. Jesus came as a babe of Bethlehem, but then grew up and lived, lived his life to 33 and a half. And then he willingly went into Jerusalem, willingly went 
up on a cross for you and for me so that we can have the gift of grace. And while there are times, and I'm, I'm guilty of this too, I'll think that I don't deserve it. And I'm going to say that's a true statement. But I want you to know that God doesn't always just give us what we deserve. He gives us out of the kindness of his heart, grace on top of grace. Paul says that somewhere in one of his letters. He just pours it upon us. He looks at you and says, I want to give you the best. Because I want to have you with me forever. And if that means I have to give my son to sacrifice his own life, I'm going to do that. All right, so two gifts so far. Love and grace. And the last one. Again, 1 John 4. To clear away our sins and the damage they've done to our relationship with God. And once again, we have that picture and we have the word family. And I don't... I don't know where you go when you hear the word family. I'll, I'll just tell you. I know. Because I, I have people in my office a lot. Or even like with Facebook Messenger, I interact with some of you and I hear your stories. I know several people in my years of ministry that cannot and will not say the Lord's Prayer. Because when they get to the second word, it like cuts their heart. The word Father. Maybe they didn't have a very good dad. So when you think about family, I want to blow your mind a little bit. I want you to think differently than that. I, I think it is. Some of us, you know, we're blessed with great family, and, and then there's always somebody that may, maybe we struggle with. But the family I believe that God talks about is the family of God. It's people like you and me, brothers and sisters, who are connected because of God's love and his grace in our life. That's the kind of family that he wants us to experience. And it's one that is on this earth. So we could be brothers and sisters in Christ as we live our life on this earth, but we also get to be brothers and sisters in Christ in the glories of heaven forever. That's what he wants you to have. And I hope you know what that means. But I'm, I'm not going to assume. So I want to give you this invitation. If some of these concepts of love and grace and family are just kind of blowing over your head, or they're just foreign language to you. I get it, because that's where I was, too. It really is tough to grab hold of. I would love to have a cup of coffee with you. I'd love to talk about this, because it changes your life for eternity. And that's where this image goes again. This idea. Now, there's a, a church denomination that will call this the Holy Family. Right? Joseph and Mary and Jesus. But I would like to say, just like what Greg was talking about. You know, and he and I, we know what the theme is, but we don't necessarily know what we're talking about. God wants us to be part of the holy family. He wants us to be part of not just the, quote, manger scene, but uh, about his family forever. So my prayer for you and for me is that we would have that, we would experience it, we would rejoice, we would celebrate, because he loves us that much. And his grace is that sufficient for us to do things for us that we so desperately need. Amen? Just a, a thought or comment. If you want to come back tomorrow, we're going to carry on the story, 9 and 11. We're going to talk about this idea of God's grace and love and what he did through Jesus. So we'd love to have you come back. I'd like to invite you now to please stand. I want to share with you the blessing. And I've done this before, I'm going to do it again. Uh, when somebody is handing you a gift, what is the posture? When somebody is handing you a gift, somebody do it for me. Okay, yeah. You kind of go like this. You're going to get a gift. I want to give you a gift, but it's not my gift. It comes from God. It's called the blessing. And if you feel comfortable, if you want to just put your hands out and say, okay, God, I'll take, I'll take whatever gift you want to give me, feel free to do it. Okay? And I want you to hang on to these words. These are beautiful, powerful words that come from God, our Heavenly Father, to people like you and me. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.
Christmas, everybody. Go in peace and serve the Lord.